So. All right, now we're legit. Yeah, thank God, man. Thank God that had nothing to do with the music. All right. <laughs> Check. Yeah, those green bars go on the bottom. Oh, okay. All right. We just had like a 20-minute conversation <laughs> on child rearing and discipline. Which we know nothing about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but... But it's all theoretical. We're experts, so yeah, it's all theory. Yeah. All right, uh, Collins, thank you so much for coming back and redoing it because the last time, uh, that just happened. That well, a lot of <laughs> shit happened, man. It was so stupid, and I got. You know what though? It forced me to move it in here, and and clean up the area to to set it up. I like it better. Absolutely, uh, it was comfortable. Yeah, I'm I need I need different chairs so. These are outside. These are patio chairs that are probably. It works. It I don't works. know. I want little, I want better like club chairs or something just to sit and relax. Nice and, big leather. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a pair over in Bretton Wood for not that much. So I'm like, you know, on Facebook Marketplace. That's yeah. the place to go. That's the place to go. Absolutely. So, Collins, please. I know we started this last time. So, can you give, let's go over Collins' journey to, from like, to get to Nashville, how how did you end up in Nashville? I'm trying to think of, uh, isn't it funny about writing a song? Is like you try to squeeze, mm. you know, ten years into three minutes. Word economy. It's like, how yeah. do you do that? So it's like, as a songwriter, when I can go longer <laughs> than three minutes, I want to take that opportunity. But no, I mean, I started, grew up in uh, Brandon, Mississippi, where I was born and raised, and. Um, Pretty much was there my whole life. I mean, my parents are still in the house they've been in since I was 18. And um, anyway, my mom was like, um, she's a local piano teacher. I mean, she taught lessons out of the house. But uh, to backtrack her life, where it's probably where it all really originated, was she was the daughter of a Southern preacher. And my grandmother, my grandfather was the Southern Baptist uh, preacher, Reformed Baptist preacher, whatever. And then my grandmother played the organ, and my mother, at about age, starting at age eight, uh, accompanied my grandmother on the piano. So my mom played in the church uh, up until probably into her 60s. She's always playing. You know, sun Saturdays were practicing for Sunday, and she's a great sight reader. Taught you know taught music uh, in the neighborhood, and you know back then the stigma was you know piano was for pansies. Like you didn't. You know, the dorky boys came over. Yeah. You know, not the jocks and the athletes that I want to run with. And so it was like that a stigma. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want that. No, I want that. So then, you know, you know, uh, puberty hit. You know, you turn, start turning 11, 12, and you want to be cool for the chicks. And I was like, what, what's the coolest thing ever? A guitar. <laughs> so, of course, that was the, the instrument that I asked for. But because I would listened to it my whole life, I mean, from the time I was, you know, old enough to walk, up until I graduated, she did it for years after. Uh, I just I was constantly around music. I come yeah. home from football practice, and the last student or two were playing, and I'm hearing them play all the beginners, intermediates, you know, and advanced uh, books. I mean, I could hum those songs. I could probably find them on a piano now. I've just listened to them so many times. So I think that's where my love for music was kind of being planted. And I had three other sisters. One could play, and then she quit. Um, my Two other sisters could have really good voices. My oldest sister moved to Nashville. She was in some singing groups, and um, she was going to kind of pursue it. And then she kind of um, she got married, had a child, and uh, kind of put that aside. So 
it's always been something very important to me. Yeah. Uh, just really always had a meaning. It, it definitely coming from listening to hymns is mostly what I would hear the most in our house from my mom. And, um, I feel like there's some underlying like hymn stuff in, in the way I write is in regards to faith. And, um, so yeah, I mean, that's pretty much brought me to, you know, adulthood, uh, did the whole college routine. I wanted to come to MTSU as a matter of fact, to pursue uh, music business, you know, whatever capacity I got into music, I just want to be in music. Yeah. Uh, my dad had a long career of sales and he's still working to this day. And, um, and I, I guess I was kind of being groomed to kind of go that route. And, uh, yeah, ended up going to Ole Miss, went into marketing, went into sales, got out, got into the wine and liquor business by happenstance, did that for 17 years. Uh, always had that itch. I mean, I played all through college, you know, make good fun bar money, Yeah. you know, meet the girls, all the fun stuff. And then, um, Got out of college, started working, and then it's like, all right, put your big boy pants on, and just kind of—I didn't give it up. I mean, I was still playing at home and and writing and doing all those things. I just wasn't doing anything with it. It was just my way of just kind of escaping the stresses of adulthood and bills and responsibilities. And um, at the time, I guess I was in North Carolina, and um, one of the songs I have out, "Step on the Gas," started writing itself. So I had the I had the biggest jerk for a boss. And uh, I hope he hears this one day. Um, he was a cool guy until he wasn't. You know what I mean? And um, so anyway, I just remember I was I was on a flight to Arkansas, and all my friends were like, "Man, you need to do something with music." And I was like, "Yeah, okay." Like says tens of thousands of other people. You know, that's a hard, hard industry to crack. <laughs> and you know, and I was at that time I was making pretty good money, and I was liking you know that freedom. And you know, I was on my, on my flight to Arkansas to see a buddy there, and. Um, I just kind of, I was at that point where I was like, something's got to change. Like what I'm doing, I can't keep doing. So what that ultimately ended up being was, uh, I ended up moving to Memphis. Uh, the first year I was there, I met my ex-wife, um, bought a house. I mean, met her, knew I wanted to marry her. Was kind of showing my commitment, bought a house, started setting roots, had a really good job making good money and. Um, you know, we had a really nice house together, the nice things, the cars, and it was just, I was, that void was just still there. So I started to feel it by feeling, really feeling called to play in my church. That's something my mom did. And we had a good worship band. So I started playing uh, acoustic guitar and, uh, every once in a while I would do, you know, um, the offertory special and sing one and play and all that. And just really, that was a great avenue. Cause I learned a lot about, you know, structure reading music um i can play you know nashville charts but not sheet music and so i really kind of started digging my teeth into sheet music and i was no really just kind of absorbing everything i could <laughs> like most of it was structure you know just know where you are where you are on the page which was the hardest thing for me to grasp so i started picking up on that <laughs> and uh anyway so my marriage was not going really well. Like there was just that, this longing. I'd passed up some job opportunities here in Nashville with, um, suppliers, some wine and liquor suppliers and, um, passed up two or three of them. Uh, she didn't want to leave. I mean, she, she was pretty comfortable in her hometown where she's from and all her family was there and Mississippi. No, this is in Memphis now. Memphis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And she didn't want to leave. And I, I still had that itch to really just do something. I had people, in the church, like, oh, you must be a singer songwriter, and all, and just 
you should be in Nashville. And I heard that so much. Like, you should be there. You should be there. And I was like, that's where I want to be. Yeah. Like, I'm, I've got my commitments and my wife and my marriage comes before these dreams of mine. And things kind of went south. But really, I guess it was 20, 2020s when I first kind of started getting serious about getting five songs. Originally, I was going to put out a five-song EP. Um, I'd recorded once in Sun Studio while I was in Memphis, which was oh, yeah. killer experience being in a room with you know Johnny Cash, who's my hero. Elvis has been in there. I mean, just the list goes on and on and yeah. on. It's like walking in a haunted house, but it's filled with just incredible memories. Uh, that was a cool experience, but that was really my only experience in a studio at the time. And that was more just a fun project. Didn't take it all that serious besides, wow, what a cool opportunity. What What were those songs? Were those like your first uh, like non-faith-based stuff or... The first one that I ever recorded was in Sun Studios. It's a song I don't play out, and I've I've kind of been dabbling with kind of rewriting it a little bit. The lyrics stay the same, but kind of musically. But it's called Hard Way Out, and it's like this mythical journey of a guy. You know, I'd be down to help, man. Uh, I'd, yeah, I'd be I, down to, to it's, write. It's a, I mean, it's a cool song in and of itself, um, the way I wrote it. And the band that backed me up was really good. But I just saw it, you know, to kind of give it more of like a maybe a little country folk feel. I could probably easily rewrite some some melodies. But um, anyway, the, the basis of the story is like Stu's driving along and sees like this drifter on the side of the highway. He's like offering him a ride, and the guy's like, "No, you can't take me where I'm going, buddy." Like, you just oh, dude, you just can't take me there. What a fucking good idea. And man. then later in the song, it, it the kind of the punch of the or the the hook of the whole song is. Um, be a product of your passion. Like whatever you're passionate about, go be that. And it's like those are the things to really pursue. And you know, society tells you it's all about the money. Like what success is to society is the nice house, the nice cars, the th- two, three, four kids. You know, the steady, steady job and financial security and all that. But I'm like, there's always that nagging in me. It's like, is that really living though? It's like living comfortably. Is that really living? Because I feel like you're not really growing unless you're uncomfortable. That's been my life experience. So if you're comfortable with your finances, if you're comfortable, and don't get me wrong, that's great for a lot of people, and that's enough. For me, it wasn't. Yeah. It was like there's that I'm I'm too comfortable. I'm 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 I've got too much disposable. You enjoy the challenge of doing other shit. Yeah, the most rewarding things like in my job career were like the hardest things I had to do where I had to change something or when we merged with another company and like take two companies and help yeah. make one out of like that was <clears throat> difficult. It took a lot of my time and energy, but it was the most rewarding thing because it was hard. Dude, was, at, as you were telling your story about like working and then going into, but you, you'd always play every now and then just for like fun. I always think of it as like, uh, you know, to a welder, or to like a craftsman, you know, like building something, building like a, a uh, redoing your floorboards or like mm-hmm. redoing the whole walls or something, building something is nothing to them. They're like, not a big deal. Exactly. But when they go home and they play guitar and something, then they're like, this is so fucking awesome. Like, they're just yeah. proud of it. It's the same as like us. We're like, it's a fucking easy song to play, man. What are you doing? But to them, it's just that something special where it's that hobby where you feel like you're accomplishing something that's that doesn't bring you down. There's no doubt. There's a lot of truth to that. Um, yeah, and 
you know, I, I, there was that nagging after, you know, almost 20 years in a career and all that. I just, I was like, man, you know, the, the marriage was, was, I could kind of see the writing on the wall an hour, you know, a year ahead or a year in advance. And, uh, was it more, was it more about you wanting to move? No. I mean, that definitely was a hard pill to swallow. Cause it's like, that's ultimately like just that dream will never happen. Not, you know, like the, the unless right. you have a steady job. Well, like, you know, as well as I do, like in this town, you have to be ready to jump when they say jump. I mean, and working a full-time job, I mean, I'm putting in 60 hours a week managing the company I work for now, and then I'm grabbing my gear and I'm running out to play a writer's round for an hour and a half. You know, when it's all said and done, travel, set up, play, you know, grab your stuff and get home. That's two hours, three hours. If and then, not, And then know. sometimes getting home at like 9, 10 o'clock on a Wednesday and working until 11 or midnight some nights just to do the things that I had to kind of duck out a little early for. And, but my owners give me that flexibility, which is fantastic, but you have to kind of, so having a really structured job, like a corporate job going to an office, I'm sure there's people that manage it. It would just, to me, it would just be an absolute headache. The, the fact that you can find time to be creative in general is great. Cause it's a tough, it's a tough time. It's a tough thing to do to get mentally exhausted and yeah. then also tax your creative mental side right after is, you know, I, I, I know a lot of bodybuilders and strongmen actually that, um, you know, I hear them say the best years of my life are when I wasn't, uh, like the fittest is when I didn't have enough money to make this a full-time job. Yeah. And they were like winning shit still, but they're like, it's because, I could get off this fucking work when it's mental work and I'd go to the gym and I would just like release all that energy that I had built up and it would just, it kept them disciplined as well. Yeah. So it's very, who was the, um, who's one as a cop? Was that, uh, Ronnie, Ronnie Coleman, Ronnie yeah, Coleman. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's dude. a cool video on YouTube about him talking about why he still works. Like dude doesn't have to, he's, he's got so many endorsements got, there's no telling what he makes. He can make it easy living, not working a day in his life or not a traditional, yeah, but he's a, he's a freaking cop. And like, if you saw him walking up to your car, my gosh, I got to change my shorts. Right, like, dude. This I, you talk about. You want people to respect the police? Have a bunch of those guys running around. Ain't gonna be any backlash, you know. But if you knew, oh man, yeah, that'd yeah. be fucking. But that that video is really cool. I mean, him. I was like, man, they had to special order his clothes. Absolutely, dude. body you armor get tailored. <laughs> There's a a meme Crazy. of Ronnie Coleman uh where they took a pictures of like his bicep titties and up and his traps are so big it looks like a a normal person's shoulders coming out of an even bigger person. Yeah. I don't know if you saw it. It's hilarious cuz when you look at it and you cut him off at his shoulders, his traps still look like other people's shoulders. That's insane. Man. Yeah. It's crazy. It's insane. But, you know, to kind of back up a little to your point about, you know, my job now, I have the flexibility. I work from home in front of a computer all day. So, like, if a melody jumps out at me, comes in my head, I'll stop what I'm doing, grab my guitars right there in arm's reach, find it, play it a little bit, jot a few starting notes out, lyrics, and then, you know, go for that maybe 30 minutes, and then I'm right back to my work. You know, that's I was nice. like, okay, yeah. I can come back to that. Yeah. So that's definitely a luxury that I have now that, you know, previous jobs didn't allow Cause I was, I was struggling, but like now I try to be very more or much more intentional about carving out 
30 minutes, even if it's 30. Um, it's like, you know, they say even working out, it's like, if, if you don't have the hour, do 10 minutes, do what you got. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so try trying to just like, if I can work on a song for 10 minutes, that's all I got that day. Being intentional about making sure I'm doing it every single day. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, so yeah, so November last year, got the news from the wife that she was going to file. And so I, I, I mean, obviously did a lot of heavy uh, conversation that night. And then the next day, knowing that this was inevitable, I immediately started getting on monster.com and all the resume builder, you know, all that stuff and, uh, started shopping my resume around. Yeah. And, um, the jobs, funny enough, is I took, I was, had a job here. It's supposed to start the day after Super Bowl Sunday. And the Friday before I interviewed with the company I'm with now. And I told him my situation. I was like, you know, I mean, if y'all want me, I was like, I can go work this job for like a month or so, you know, whatever. But I really don't feel good doing that. They're like, no, no, no. We don't want you to start that other job. We want you to start with us. Oh, yeah. Monday. And it was less money. But again, that was going into an office eight to five. And, you know, God kind of gives me this job and it's like, it's giving me all this flexibility to like duck out at 4.30 if I need to, to go run and play, a, you know, a writer's round and get home and still get my work done. So, yeah. and they know that and they know I'm, you know, they, they support my music and, you know, they're always like, you got anything new, you got anything new? So they're all about it. And they're the kind of company that's like, man, we'd love to see you make it, you know, and move up way past this company. And like, man, just. Most employers aren't like that. So I'm very fortunate to be here. Yeah, they care so, about you. So for the last year, I'm, you know, I'm moonlight spending, you know, spending my time learning more about this industry, how it works and writing and just getting on, getting my name out there, trying to get into all the the hot spots. And um, what, are some, what are some of the things you've learned or think you learned? You learned up until now because, you know, your knowledge of, of what you learn can always change in perspective. Yeah, I would say the the first thing I learned is that Everything I learned, I need to relearn. It's <laughs> um, to explain that. I mean, just you come in. I think a lot of times, like the, you can read books, and there's stories you hear, and you know, you hear a thousand different ways to skin a cat. Um, you know, I I tell you, coming in, like I didn't know a whole lot. I hadn't done like a whole lot about the publishing side of things. So I've learned a lot about that. I've really kind of sunk a lot of time and energy into just asking people that'll be willing to talk about that do have publishing deals and how the whole process really works. I mean, you know, I guess in modern times, a lot of people think it's just like get big on TikTok and it's just going to take off, but there is some truth that you can get discovered, but you still got to, you know, we talked about this last time, the one that we didn't get on tape, but it's like at the end of the day, this is a business. It is a money-making machine. And so being a business background over 15 years, I'm also kind of enamored by the inner workings of how an industry works. And if you can kind of wrap your mind around that, you can help avoid some of the, uh, the wasteful ventures and learning from other people's mistakes. Cause how some of the best companies really, uh, get developed, you know, first person through the door always gets, you know, bloody people behind them kind of have an easier path. So learning from other people is kind of what I'm, Taking notes, like, you know, when I see what you're doing on TikTok, social media, um, even things like the way you set up a song, like, I'm constantly just taking notes from other artists on things that I like that they do. And, like, I could put my twist on that, you know, and kind of make a little bit of my own. And yeah. Learning good stage presence, you know. Um, 
just things like that. Just in between songs, I'm really intently listening to the, the artists up there and taking away some songwriting tips. So, uh, and I'm and I'm very fortunate to be in the city that that is just so prevalent. I mean, just you can't drop a rock on the ground and not hit another songwriter, and I love that. Like, so I think at the end of the day, we're all very very like minded. We we like minded. We at least share a commonality of this passion for music and lyrics and creating a moment out of something and being able to share that with other people. Dude, well said. Uh yeah. It's a uh, it's funny. Did you think <clears throat> not in like an asshole way, but did you have an idea of coming into town and you thought you knew something and then you immediately or sometime you were like well, I was wrong and looked like an idiot or anything. Um, I mean, I'm sure I did. I'm trying to specifically think of one. I mean, I used to think that I could, you know, tell a good prep story before a song. And then I realized like, okay, I got a lot of work to do. Hearing other people. Hearing other people. You know, yeah. like hearing ones where like you're engaged before the first downbeat. You're like, oh, I'm into this. I'm totally into this. Whatever's coming out of his mouth. Like, yeah, for you sure. You know what I mean? Or hers. And like some people have a really good, and that's a craft in and of itself, uh, being able to just tell that story. So I, I try to be more intentional about the story that I want to tell before that's going to engage your interest. Because one thing I tell you, I learned, this was incredible, but um, the night that Bobby Pinson, um, or the day, I guess, he released his newest one, The Shave, which is an incredible song. Um, I was at the local. I think it was the night that you played that I came to see yeah, you it was and like Tyler. Nate, he uh, was head, not headlining, but he was like the special guest. Of that he was night. a special guest, yeah, and he was doing like a 24 bars in 24 hours thing, which is crazy. Yeah. And um, you could tell he's a little strung out from doing it because I think he's like on the, I think he's like on hour 18 or something at this point. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, the bar's hopping and I mean, it's loud and all that. And I've seen him do this twice with that song. And then he gets up and starts talking and the room just goes from here to whoop, uh, nothing. So cool. isn't it just controlled the crowd like that with like one sentence. All of a sudden everybody, now granted, he's like, okay, this is Bobby Pinson, you know, but still, but the way he spoke, his cadence, it was just like, sit down, let me tell you a story. And then he turn, then he plays that song, you know, and you're watching people wipe tears out of their eyes. You're like, that's what control of a room looks like. That's something I need to start learning how to do better. And um, that's, I think, when a lot of ignorance hit me. is like, okay, you think you know, but you have no idea. But you can learn it because, again, we're in this city where, you know, 5 o'clock, get out for a happy hour and listen to some really good songwriters doing the same thing we're doing and telling some really good stories <clears throat> through song and even through that setup and just paying attention, man, just inspiration. As, as you know, like you can be walking through a grocery store and be humming a bar about everyday life. It's all around you. You just have to be, a, a, you know, uh, I guess attentive and just kind of like, Oh wow, that's could be a really cool play on words. That's something I say every day, but I could make a really cool play on words on that and have a pretty cool song or a good, a good hook. And uh, you just have to be, once you're in it, I feel like it's, you know, I was telling some family members, I was like, it's almost like you can just cut the magic in the air here with a knife. Just so much going on that I just, I feel like more, for a while there I was getting frustrated because I felt like I was just like 
writer's block. I just felt like I could sit down and get nowhere real fast. And ever since I moved here, I guess living it and being in it, being around other great um, songwriters, it's just every day. It's just like coming at me. It's like I can't keep up. Um, thank God we all have these cell phones that you have like a notepad in your pocket. It's like when it's most inconvenient, that's when it's going to hit you. Yeah. You know, driving it's, down the roads, like voice memo, hum a melody. Like that's all I got. But it's, if I don't <laughs> capture it, I'm not going to remember it. Dude, I've done that so yeah. many times where I, and then I listen back and I'm like, I'm sure I had good intentions, but I didn't describe it in the title. Yeah. Like, you know, it's supposed to sound like this, 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 mm. or, and, and it just sounds like, like, fuck was i thinking? I'd be, i would love this could be another whole podcast series is like what's on your voice memo just that's some of the one. stuff that's on there if somebody listened to it they would probably think i have some serious mental disorder oh i'm sure you're just making weird sounds i'm just like saying just whatever's on my yeah. mind i'm getting it out because like if i can capture it i can come back to it and hopefully get back in that state of mind that's what you hope so. That's man. what you hope. But it's like, <laughs> if I don't even capture it, then I know I'm never going to, at least I'm increasing the odds Get, of getting yes. back to it. Dude, that's very, that's very true. So it's like, you just got to capture it, whatever capacity you can, and then just hope that you can get back. But I think through a lot of kind of the force writing, where you're just not really feeling a song that you're trying to write. And I've been in some of those, um, you know, those writers groups where it's just like, man, I'm just not really feeling this, but I'm a keep going and just keep going like you kind of force yourself into it so it, it helps because then it for me at least it feels like at some point throughout that writer session like i'm gonna be like oh, okay yeah like now i get this a little deeper like now i'm connecting to it emotionally yeah um and that's that's what's really neat about it so i feel that i've learned the most it's, like i didn't really i don't think i ever really wrote with anybody until i moved here that's probably true i mean m um, more times than not when when you start discovering songwriting, your first instinct isn't to share it because it's yeah. vulnerable. Yeah. You know, you want to write a good song, you know it's going to be vulnerable. There was, um, I think it helps. I've done a couple that kind of drawing on, you know, my experience, like going through a divorce. I'm so emotionally connected to that that sometimes somebody like yourself who hadn't experienced that, you can step back at 30,000 feet and see the big picture easier yeah. than that person like it's it's kind of like throw a bunch of jigsaw puzzle pieces on the table and tell me to put it together like without the picture like the person uh, is at thirty thousand uh, feet it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. oh i know exactly what that's supposed to look like you know but i've got the emotional pieces to put yeah. together so a lot of times that helps is like when somebody can help guide you like one thing um i think dash said this we played last friday and he pitched the song and I loved it because I was like, I can totally relate to what what he said. Was he, he said, uh, "Is the new song? I guess the song I most recently did." Um, Him and I. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I can't recall the title of it. Uh, hold on. Good hold song. Uh, well, my baby, she left me. Yeah, that one. Yeah. I even give it. What is that? Oh my God! What is it? Uh, I'm not gonna remember it. Yeah, but um, damn it, I can't. Th I'll think of it as soon as we. we I, I need to look it up on my phone real quick. But anyway, he said you record it. Well, he said no. He's. I think I did actually. But he set uh, the song up, and he's like, "Yeah, I wrote this with my buddy uh, Garrett." And he goes, "And I played what I had." And Garrett's like, "Okay, we're gonna make this song a little happier." <laughs> and it, it it was like it's a sadder song, but it's yeah. it's it's. it's 
Oh, that's right. What I he had a a, a phrase. I'm gonna look it up now. Yeah, I'm hit myself. Was, I but don't. I was like, I can totally relate to that because you you definitely. Uh, I think every artist has their comfort zone. Like mine is more like the. I don't say it's all sad, but I try to put a positive end sad. on things. But yeah, sad, sad is uh, but sad you know, is difficult, man. But being able to play something sad, but you know, have the hope, the melody had like that uh, little glimmer of hope in there. We as people, get, when we're being emotional, we don't. We don't typically see emotional as happy. You know. So we, whenever yeah. we talk about emotions, a lot of times it's uh, the hard times, the difficult things. Yeah, you're right. Uh, son of a bitch, I'm gonna get it. Oh well, it's my one, baby. It's about drinking, isn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh well, my baby, she left me. Such a good song. That's the first time I'd heard it. I'll drink to that. I'll drink to that. Yeah, I'll drink to that. Yeah, because I'll it, raise my glass. Because like yeah, he he yeah. was he was gonna make it. He wanted to make it a uh, sad, like um, you know, I'll drink to what a lot of songs say. Like I'll I'll, I'll be drinking to that because she left. You know, I'm like, dude, it'd be kind of fun because he came to me. He was talking. He's like, I write a lot of sad songs. I was like, all right, anyone write a happy one? And we tried the one day, and it just wasn't feeling right. But then he came back with the idea. I was like, oh, dude, we can make it happy. Just flip it. It was fun. I, I like writing with – I just like writing in general. But you all, too, had some, have some great ideas. You guys uh, well, appreciate it. Um, yeah, wrote one with, um, with Tyler Short. It's kind of the same thing. He and I were like, had this commitment. We're like, all right, we're going to write a song before this showcase that we're doing. And it was like five days away. So we're, like, we're just going to plow through one. I think giving yourself that timeline too, but Give uh, your, like a limitation. Yeah, well. it's like, oh, yeah, it's like no, we've got to come up with a song. So anyway, we got one going, and uh, the whole kind of started the same way. It's like guys, you know, sitting in a bar, like drowning out of sorrows, and then he's like, has this epiphany of like, look at all the free time I got. I can spend uh, my, like the first part of the chorus is I'm spending my money on everything but you. Like he's like recognizing all of a sudden all these freedoms and these enjoyments. Cool and so anyway it it, it became like a really fun song it kind of starts off setting the mood and then it's like dude's like man this is fun this is fun i'm like i can totally relate to that like i'm having fun yep you know going out playing my music and meeting people and writing with people and doing what i've always wanted to do like i'm having a great time great idea man so yes solid thinking yeah you guys have been crushing it like do you have part ownership at the local? No. Now, it, what, <laughs> what's happening? Well, I tell you, so both times, I, the, the night that I met you and um, her, when you were playing, when Bobby Pinson showed up, yeah, I uh, went over and Tyler was playing. I was like, man, who do I need to talk to? I didn't have a clue. I just knew, like, I want to play this place and such a cool bar and great people. And um, anyway, um, he pointed me at Terry Joe and he's like, her. And I was like, perfect. Just. Me being like 15 years of sales, like I'll go stand in the corner and have a conversation about TV. And so I just ran over and kind of introduced myself. I was like, I'd love to play here. Da 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 da. We got to chatting and um, hung out with her. I stayed there through Bobby's, you know, um, set. And she's good friends with Bobby. And we were chit chatting most of the night and just really cool person. Loved hanging out with her. And she's like, Yeah, just email me. You know, we'll get you set up. Well, 
then I like, you know, like anytime you play people, I always first thing to do is I go try and give them a follow and support what they're doing, you know? And, um, cause I know that's, I'm out there trying to get yeah. other followers and engagement on my social media. So I went and followed her and then, um, a messenger, you know, something like, you know, great meeting. You look forward to opportunity da, 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 da. And I never sent the email. And then randomly one day Tyler's like, Hey man, you want to play the local? And I was like, yeah, I've been waiting for like three weeks to get a spot, you know, get booked. He's like, well, we got an open spot. And I was like, cool. Time me up. I'm in. I had something completely canceled it. Yeah. I was like, got to do it. So, um, I was like, you know, if you play, you go in, you play, they like you. They typically will invite you back. And, uh, so I was like, you just can't pass up those opportunities. So I made my schedule work, went and did it, had a great time. And then a couple weeks ago, um, no, this was last Friday. I was booked at a Commodore Grill to host around there. The one that you couldn't make it. I wish you could have been there tonight. It was a lot of fun. I got to tell you a story about that. <laughs> Just to show, like, you never know who you're going to meet in this town. Oh, for sure. It's so cool. But anyway, uh, you had that one on the books for like 8 o'clock. Terry Joe sent me, a, me and Tyler both a message. She's like, could y'all possibly play tonight? I was like, yeah, well, we're playing at 8. So 8 to 9, we're out. You can either come before or after. And she's like, well, she goes, if y'all are comfortable headline, it's just going to be you two to headline it. Oh, I was sweet. like, well, I don't, I was like, that's, I know the kind of talent in that room. And I'm, that's, that's a tall order. Tyler and I, we're just going to go have fun and then try to entertain. And so anyway, we played Commodore, chit chatted for a minute, ran across the street and we had 930 set with, um, uh, with the freak show. And it was a blast, man. You know, I mean, you start playing those seven, eight, nine on Fridays, like, you know, there's going to be people in the room great opportunity and um and have fun with it so yeah. it was cool i mean just i would say the last two times were just kind of like happenstance but um you know i kind of joked with terry about it and she's like yeah she's like you know start putting you kind of like in a rotation type deal so it's just worked out the way it's worked out yeah um but yeah i mean it's what i like about all the different rounds you know so they all kind of have their own nuance of it in some degree um, you know, I know you just played like listening room. We were talking about that earlier before we yeah. hit record, but you know, like it's a room where like people come in, they are there to intently listen to every word that comes out of your mouth and every, um, melody out of that guitar. And that's a cool experience when you have a room that is deafening quiet cause they're just engaged. Um, the cool thing about, uh, the local for sure is that it, it's got to draw. It's got its own draw. Um, so, you know, the listening room is great because they do. Like, they're there to listen. They don't want to say, they want to listen. Mm -hmm. Now, the local is cool because when you play a song and if you can grab people, grab people's attention, that's what's up. You, you got Yeah, you had it. They'll it, li sorry, I, I just got the other part of my thought. Uh, they'll listen. But you have to make them listen. Yeah, you have yeah. to grab their attention. Like, yeah. to my point, you know, Bobby, when he just commanded, like, quiet, you know, and just commanded that room. Um, that's a great, I mean, like, again, it's a great experience to watch other artists that can just really work a room. And you also got to, it's also, I think, you have to learn to kind of read the room, too. Um, yep. You know, there's songs that you want to play and you want to get exposure on, especially when you got, you know, a big group. Um, in a full bar and you know you can play sad songs even on like a on a 
busy bar and all that. And I and I've I've had success with one of them. First time I played it, it was a sadder song, so I tried to do it first. So I'm finishing a little more upbeat, and I could feel the room kind of calm down after the first few lines. I was like, all right, people are listening. Like they're into what I'm saying right now. Uh, and that's really cool. Like when you hear the the mood kind of drop and you're like, all right, I'm controlling this room a little bit. That's really cool. And because you, your instincts like just play lively, lively, lively. Like you can play that song. You just have to build into it. And, uh, and, and that's, that's a craft in and of itself and still, still definitely learning to do that. It's true, man. Yeah. I, it's nice. It's, that's definitely a part that communication with the crowd is, uh, Cause I could, I could, I always felt like I had a good banter with the room, mm-hmm. but setting up a song like we talked about earlier mm-hmm. was always a, a mystery. Uh, so it's nice to, I, I think I'm definitely learning that more so as well. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, getting up there and having, you know, even setting up a sad song in a humorous way can garnish interest, you know? Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Cause to your point, like people are out, they won't have a good time. You know, they're probably there to try to forget about some of the things that they can relate to. But if you can kind of set up the humor in it, like, yeah, I'm still here, man. You know, I went through this yep. terrible experience I'm about to tell you about. I'm still breathing. You know, you're going to be fine. Yeah. You're going to get through it. Like, and, and that, again, kind of breathes a little bit of that hope into it. That regardless of what you're going through, like, it'll all work out. You just got to give it, give it a breath. That's a good point. Yeah. Man, so, yeah, this, uh, I, what's uh what's what do you feel is new like what's your next goal i know you just recorded some music yeah i just did uh my first demos here in nashville uh with caleb fisher at um farmland and he's uh, he's gotten really hot lately he's doing some really cool things with some up-and-comers um i tell you i'll I'll plug it stephen wilson jr you know this guy no you gotta check this dude out yeah he plays a nylon uh, string guitar, and he's got – I mean, it's his sound, buddy. I mean, it's just – he's very unique and uh, a lot of energy. He's doing some really cool stuff. And um, I fell across him by happenstance, and then I posted something. So I'll try to post, like, whatever song, like, I'm really digging that day. Kind of have my song of the day. And I'll post it on my social media story or whatever. And I posted one for Stephen Wilson. And he, he hit me back, and he's like, dude, I did that song. And I was like, oh, this song's so good. Who who hit you back? Uh, Caleb, Caleb. Caleb Fisher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, great sound engineer. And uh, so anyway, so I just told him, I was like, I got three I want to get together. Um, so he set it up. I had one that was for a female vocalist that I wrote. So I got that you know lined up. And um, yeah, man, I had an incredible band go in, and they just make it look so effort effortless it's just ridiculous they really do man i mean it's like here's a song you know we kind of have our little powwow meeting before and then they go in and they're just like that good and you're like yeah that'll that'll work yeah that'll work yeah like i mean you're just like it's such fine tuning these guys can just fill a song out and they're just like song will tell you what it wants to be yeah that's what i love about it i think the cool thing is i mean that's a great way to put it but i think the cool thing is seeing them uh seeing them compose it like put the layers in yeah you know actually producing the song yeah. have you ever been to pitch meeting no 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 i haven't all right i'm a, this is a secret that's not really secret um <laughs> dude it's a hidden gem and i've heard of it the first time yeah. you go there you're gonna get hooked 
uh, it's just uh, it's basically a full band. They've got keyboardist, uh, organist, um, uh, two guitars, a bass. The bass guys who runs it, I can't remember his name. A horn section, uh, bongos, and uh, fucking uh, drums. And so people get up, tell you what their song is. Like they'll be like, "Hey, you know, this is how the song goes." Chorus goes like, da, 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 da. and then they'll be like, "Okay," and then um, he'll have you start out the song, and then the whole band just kicks in. They get it, and it's so cool to see him. the The bass will be like, "All right, all right, now, now just strings or just you know just horns." Okay, you guitar, and then it'll feel. Awesome, it's man. so cool to see him do it. Like he's just been, in, he's just done this for so long, but he's just such a. It's a really, it's a yeah. good vibe, man. Like you get there and you're like, this is a fucking, this is the energy that is Nashville. Yeah. Like this is, this bonds with what they, with old Nashville, the way that you felt that music was like played, but this is, it was really cool, man. Um, uh, do I you know, check this out, do like, you know Marty Schwartz yeah. from YouTube? Yeah. yeah. He was playing there last night. No kidding. So That's cool, awesome. dude. Um, yeah, it was really cool. I got to check that place out. Yeah, it's just cool, man. Seeing the magic of music, you know, come together like that is just, I know not everybody's like me, but it's enamoring. Like, I just, I fall in love with it, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, man, it was just such a good time. But I like that side of the, uh, the producing everything. That, that we were talking about recording, I think my mind went yeah. to, uh, like, putting the layers on. Yeah. And that's what I saw last night. Like this dude just controlling. He was basically like mixing everything, but with the you go, you go, you go. Like, yeah. fucking. Dope. I've always just kind of thought about it. I mean, most of your producers out there are going to be good musicians in and of their own right. That's but, a good point. you know, but you have these session, you know, studio session musicians that, you know, you can go over there and tell your lead guitar players, like, I want kind of this sound. Like, I'm thinking like a Brad Paisley meets this. Like if you yeah. can kind of describe it at least in some detail or give them a reference song, they usually oh, be like, yeah. Oh yeah, no problem. You know? And they're just like, okay, you make that look too easy. It's like riding a bicycle, yeah. but the producer is like their, you know, their instrument, their tool is that instrument. Uh, and the producer's instrument, it's typically like their ears. It's like, I'm, what am I hearing? that's not there they can hear it to notice know? that space that needs filled yeah it's like there's space yeah, yeah, here yeah. and a fiddle is going to be the best thing to fill this or a little run on the keys or the b3 whatever it is like they're going to tell you yeah. exactly what needs there, to be there there's a science to it man i mean it's just like anything else it's like, like a chef yeah. in a kitchen yeah it's like yes this ain't, dude not too exactly much salt right. just the right amount of salt exactly yeah. right man yeah. yeah it's like when i cook it's just like a lot of salt a lot of this <laughs> a lot of that blend it all together but yeah they have a they have a distinct gift for being able to hear what that song's telling it it wants to be and that's like a whole nother level that you know i can hear things in my head but i just i would love to have one of their brains for a day and just be like wow this is what this is like right wouldn't that be fucking wouldn't cool? that be cool wouldn't that be cool with shit just be like, like oh i got a song that i want to produce yeah. please give me your brain for a minute so i can just put this all together yeah it's it's insane to me, uh, and that's that's like just a whole, you know, I think f for just about any guitar player, like their end goal would love to be like can shred to anything and can play anything, but you know, this is there's people that just have that, and 
Yeah. I think you can learn a lot of it, but there's just players that just have it. I mean, it's just God-given. This guy I went to high school with, Andrew Pates, just God-given on a keyboard and could just go ham on just feels anything. That. Just feel. See, I truly, I do believe there are some like innate abilities that are just like uncanny. Like for whatever reason, the connection with a player, mm-hmm. like if, like an athlete or a musician or uh, something, like they just are in this bubble. They're mm-hmm. right where they are. But man, sometimes I feel like, uh, sometimes I feel like you can just trace everything back to where the to where they got their dopamine and like what they were brought up on something and I, I i say that with this like at some point you're a kid and something's either going to make you feel happy or you're going to get mm-hmm. external happiness so at some point like your dopamine like why do i like rock music why do i like like why do yeah. i give why is that how i write mo- majority of the time before i really thought about how i wrote or like what i would categorize myself in i was more rock and it's like why was that well i fucking grew up on acdc leonard skinner fog hat like so yeah. like i i'm going to cadence a lot of that and i'm going to have that same energy yeah uh, so i'm sure just like anything else like why do you vibe with this with the organ, why can you shred on this guitar? Well, fuck, I got my dopamine from like playing in D minor. I was like, fuck yeah, yeah. Dude. like it's all interesting on their their on how they get to that connection. Just like oh, this is like what the podcast is about because like somewhere along the line you built this connection with music, yeah. and you're willing to sacrifice so much shit, yeah, so that you can. Like, this is what you're calling it. Or this is what you're like, this is that itch, man. Well, it's like, you know, one person I think about, it's just funny to think about this to me, is like uh, Brad Paisley was a big, like, metalhead, you know? And you hear his stuff now. and he's Did got not know that, that. Yeah, he's got that honky-tonk, you know, that, that Telecaster just makes it burp, you know, in the coolest ways. And, you know, but he was like a metalhead growing up. No like, way. playing metal bands and stuff. You know, like I had no idea. Brad Paisley's like, man, that guy's stuff is like, you know, 90s country that just makes you, I mean, you can't not listen to a song and not tap your foot. Like, I dare you. Like, it's just so catchy. Yeah. It's so in, infectious. Dude, what, what a fucking great guitar player, too. Yeah, and a great, I mean, Keith Urban's another one. Like, he's a rock guy. I'm like, look at him. Um, I want to get started on the fact that he's Australian and sings like, He's more southern than I, I am. He's like, I think that accent that? though, probably <laughs> that accent probably, probably just works with the southern accent. You know how like if English people sing, they sound like Americans. Yeah, I bet if southern if Australians sang, they sound like southern people. So why don't we <laughs> just try to sing like a British person or a Scottish or Australian? Hello, is there a it's market Tuesday? For that? <laughs> I don't I mean, think Ed so. Ed Sheeran, I mean, look at him. Dude, Ed Sheeran does not sing. You take that back, sir, okay? <laughs> Ed Sheeran. I love that guy. Dude, between him and the Chainsmokers, uh, I don't know if you, have you ever seen their Spotify streams? Mm-mm. Okay. I'm going to pull this up right while we're talking, okay? You, you know who the Chainsmokers are, yeah. right? I bet you didn't know that some of their top songs I don't I, I'm I don't know how like much of a fan you would like go. Oh, I guess I have a new song out. I don't know if you've realized, but like they produced and have been on more songs than like I didn't you, that. yeah. They like 
they have written a lot more songs and you're like they were fucking that's them shit and they're so successful okay these are not the typical numbers the top three are look at those few in the billion right oh my god okay no 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 no. you got drake who's got a lot too um but come on i share don't let me down okay this is just i mean just look at the the bottom two or but yeah the bottom two that came off uh divide i think insane billions billions and these are like those aren't even his top five songs of all time okay get that through like when i saw that i was like how do you even comprehend that insane right that's insane it's so cool uh it's like getting to the million mark is that's when you can really start making money yes on your royalties if you if uh, you do a million a month you, yeah. you do uh, i you mean that's start a, making good mailbox money as they like to call it yeah which uh, i think uh, those kind of numbers are insane i think that makes sense though right because i i look at it all as as like a system at some point you got to put in time you got to put in energy okay or money right those are time energy and money and in anything in life that you want to be successful now sometimes you have to put in little of any and it's just a fucking spark mm-hmm. rare because i bet some people that say like oh look at this dude or oh look at this dude well maybe he did not but if you look his dad or her dad or somebody's got a lot of fucking money so somebody put the time in but think about the pressure too like i wouldn't want to have that one blow up overnight well okay so this because then all of a sudden like that's when you start getting in like one hit wonder territory well this is where i I was i was going to is that um the amount of time energy and money for you like to however get to that one million it all equates out to you know the same like you're if the energy if the total work is here whether it's time energy and money the total work is always going to be pretty much the same. There's going to be a mean, some average mm-hmm. between everybody, no matter if they're bigger, whatever, to get to that one million mark. And uh, it's all it all comes out like that, and then you get paid that livable mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's kind of like going through college. Like you got to put in that work to hopefully get to there, to yeah. get to that paycheck that you want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's it's a it's a career. I mean, it's building a resume. Yeah. You know, you start throwing some number ones on your resume and more people oh, in town are going to want to either have you write, you know, with them or they're, you know, if you're the performer, I mean, it just, it opens up doors. That was one thing I noticed about, or kind of learned about the publishing side is, you know, you're kind of paid by what you bring to the table. It's kind of like in my, you know, career path, like sales, like if you're a top producer, yeah, we'll pay Commission. you, we'll pay you a lot of money. Yeah. You know, but you can earn a bigger draw if you're, you know, dropping a billboard chart, you know, song every year. Like they, you, they know they're going to get that out of you. So yeah, they're going to pay them, pay you more to keep you in house. So, well, the world's such a tricky thing, man. It really is. Cause even the songs that you hear and you're like, why is this not fucking number one? It's like, well, money outbid money a lot of times but yeah sometimes not sometimes it, it finds its way to the crack um well is. i think i think that's where i will say it. i think the i'll dare say this <laughs> what i like about 
there, it's a double-edged sword, don't get me wrong, with social media. Back growing up in the 90s when I was really just in, you know, like, oh, my God, I want to be a rock star. I want to be a country music star. Yep. He's like, no, back then, like, they found talent. They brought them in, put them under their wing, helped develop them, and they were, you know, pushing, pushing that brand, you know. You had the marketing people doing all those things. And I remember hearing stories about some some people that were just getting started out. Like if their if their album, their CD album was supposed to be on the shelves at Walmart or Target or whatever it was, they would go and like when they're in there and make sure their stuff's in the right spot because like that's merchandise. Oh right, no, nope. you know it's yep, got to yep, have yep. that certain spot like where it's going to increase its chance to be seen. And th- those were things that they you know you worked out. Now you have this platform where you do have that potential being found out overnight because something goes viral, YouTube, TikTok, social media in general, and all of a sudden you're getting this attention and like people are that, you know, but you kind of in the control where you can build your, your platform, build your followership and put yourself out there. And now it seems like that's where the shift is, is it's like it's labeled at one assignee unless you're bringing 100, 200, 300,000, you know, 200, 300,000 followers with you. Yep. But not just followers. They got to be engaged. Like they got, you got to have the likes, you got to have all this stuff. So get, well, it does give the artist a little more control of getting themselves out there. Um, and giving them that chance that back in the nineties, they probably wouldn't, you know, but it's also very diluted. Like, I mean, the algorithm has my formula is like music. That's pretty much all I get through my thread. Oh, Dude. And I hear, and I come across some really good people that I probably would have never heard of otherwise. Yeah. And I go, and again, just like, call it karma, whatever you want, but it's like, look, I'm going to appreciate what they're doing and follow them. Yeah. Because I know how valuable that follow, that Spotify like, all those things, those streams, know how valuable those are. And in turn, yeah, it's like, hopefully they'll do the same for me, right? It's like, oh, another music guy, I'll check his page. But I know not everybody does that. You know? It's true. Sometimes so, there are notifications on on TikTok, uh, like how you can view them aren't really the best yeah. either, you know, but, uh, man, those, so, very well said is, yeah. Know. So there's like, there's this, there's, there's this platform that you can be on and that you can get yourself out there, but it's also a very diluted pool. You know, there's a lot of fish in that pond. And so it does make it sometimes harder to be recognized, you know? And so, but that's where you got to get out and tell people who you are. It's always comforting me, like you play, and then you finally get a chance to check your social media. You're posting something from the night, and you find five or six other faces that you recognize from that room. Oh yeah, because you know, yeah. you're kind of watching rooms. Like okay, like they they enjoyed what they heard, and sometimes it's ten, fifteen, twenty people. Sometimes it's yep. a few, but it's like hey, you know that they're following me because they liked what they heard. Yeah, man. One at least if there if there was one person every day. One new person every day, you know. Eventually, that new person is going to tell other new people, and I, one hundred percent agree. Uh, I like um, what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, your chances increase in numbers too. So, I mean, if you can get, you know, ten, twenty, thirty, forty thousand followers, I mean, the likelihood that they're sharing that, you know, when you're yep. playing, whatever the percentage is, I'm sure there's somebody knows it somewhere. It's like for every X number of followers, you're going to get. X percentage of people yeah, yeah, yeah. that are going to be promoting you on your, you know, on your behalf. Right. So whatever that percentage is, it's, it's a numbers game. You know, it's like, yeah, 
more followers means more people. Hey, check out this song by Collins. I saw him last night. It was great. You know? Yeah. Dude, I so. go I go through I don't know. I go my I go through in my head like some you just go through waves, right? Yeah. Uh you know, there's times where I'm like, fuck, yeah, I'm excited. I'm gonna put out this new video. I'm gonna just do whatever, be more free. Mm-hmm. And then there's times where I'm like, What value am I giving? Like I question yeah. everything and I'm yeah. like, Jesus. Yeah. There's, yeah. you know, when I first started getting into reels this year, um, I was just, I was having fun with them. I was like, man, it's just fun to make something that's gonna make somebody laugh. Yeah. Those are the ones that Absolutely. I'm going to like and share, yeah. you know? And so it's like, and then, you know, but then on the flip side, you see these people that are making a lot of reels about, you know, working out and fighting through that mental, you know, whatever it is in your life, you know, and then, I mean, just have whatever it is, it's out there. Yep. You just got to get dropped into that right algorithm and just stay consistent on that kind of content. Yep. It's like, you can't be bright eyed, bushy tail one day and then be like this deep, heavy thinkers. Like it's almost like you've got to be this one person. Create that brand. I see what you're saying. You know, yeah, but, yeah. I, but I think that's kind of what show business is. It's like people go to a Dave Chappelle comedy show to expect Dave Chappelle. And I don't have to describe what that is. You know, I know, everybody knows exactly yeah. what you're going to get. You know, raw, cold, hard truth as he sees it. And um, and he's going to have you, you know, peeing in your pants the whole yeah. time. So, Dude, I had a conversation today about, uh, uh, with Elliot Hollander, who runs uh, Country Connected. Uh, you you haven't played Country I hadn't Connected? Con- no, I haven't played that one yet. Are you sure? No, are you talking about it? Um, it's at Doghouse. It at actually Doghouse. Just yeah, I, moved. I did play. I did play that. What three weeks ago? You, Sorry, I was oh, thinking. You, you I was played, thinking. Um, yeah, but you what's played the one down the street. I don't know. Um, you talking about Dogwood? No, 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 no. Oh, um, oh my gosh! Which jam? Live, Live Oak. Oak. Live Oak. Oak. Yeah. Okay. The Live Oak. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So the one at Doghouse. I thought you played it, but maybe you. I know you played. Uh, Stockyard. Stockyard, yeah. Okay. Anyway, look him up. Ask him, like, reach out to him. I'll, show, I'll send him, uh, I'll send you his, like, IG and stuff. Cool, yeah. Appreciate um, it. Because we'll probably have you on if you want it. Uh, fuck, what, what were we talking about? Um, God. I don't know where you're going oh, with sorry. it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's my bad. We were talking today about uh, the difference between, you know, performer uh, we're talking about specifically Tyler Childers. Okay, okay. so yeah. Tyler Childers, he kind of, he, you know, got famous White House Road and then knows the grindstone, Lady May, and, you know, all. Mm-hmm. For the people that were in the West Virginia scene, he didn't, like, it's not a surprise. But uh, then people would go to his shows, and he doesn't play often. Mm-hmm. So when he does play, you know, he, People speak for him, and they're like, he's going to play, but he wants to play. He played all new shit. Nobody really enjoyed it. Yeah. And um, and they're like, well, that's what he played. And it's like, yeah, but, like, you know, you're getting paid. This is my whole thing. They're like, it's Tyler. He, he, Elliot was like, Tyler Childers is going to do what he does because that's who he is. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, that may be so. And if he still has fans and people that want to come out and see him, that's fucking yeah. awesome. But I know if I'm paying a ticket, to be a true fan to you, mm-hmm. you at least owe me because I'm paying 
your I hard life. for this money. Yeah. yeah. I worked yeah. hard for this movie and I'm paying for yeah. your life to be this. Yeah. Like your songs. I listen to your songs. You're welcome. Like fucking I gave you that one point that point zero 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 one cent. Brother. When it's when it's like those top five, yeah, I agree with you a thousand percent. Like there's oh, I love Chris Stapleton's parachute and I got to see that guy um this was a couple of years ago, had incredible seats. Um Maybe I was like third row, and I was like, "That's the one song I want to hear." Like, I just, I love that that song. Yeah, he didn't play it, and I was like, "God!" But I was also like, "That's not one of his songs that he's really known for. It's just a good song." Yeah, but like those. Yeah, I mean, those ones that kind of make you. It's like, kind of feel. I know they probably get tiresome playing that same song. That's what he was mentioning. Like, Two hundred fifty yeah. times a year. Like, I get that, but it's like that's also what's giving you the income. It's work. Like, that's when yeah, you that feel. Yeah, that is the work portion of it. As yeah. an artist, I'm sure that's when you feel like, oh, this is work. And it's like, fine, man, but fucking enjoy it because you're the 1%. You're the point zero 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 one percent that get to fucking do this. Yeah. So you better enjoy it because somebody would kill to take it and not be ungrateful. And I get it. I say that without ever having to play 200 arena and stadium shows a year so i'm rooting for you brother <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be but, backstage with you, yeah but dude it's like man if you're a fan if you're a fan you're paying for that and if you're an artist man yeah. you gotta be grateful you gotta be like i'm gonna give you the fucking what, best show it's song that got you there man yeah yeah that's what you know what i like about you know dave matthews band i was a geek on them for a long time it's like they'd give you those same songs but the way they kind of prevented those just getting boring is like there are 50,000 <laughs> different versions of ants marching yeah, really and the is. people are really big in the Dave could tell you, Oh, he's playing version two or five or no, whatever. And I'm God. like, I just know it's killer, but you know what? They're keeping it fresh and interesting probably for their own sake as much as the crowd. Oh, I, I, you know what I mean? It's like, Hey, we can reinvent the song and add a whole nother solo to it and as, just throw them yeah. off their rocker, you know? So it's like, as far as there's other ways around it, I guess. As many people that want to make fun of Dave Matthews fan, it's like you can't deny it's just the originality is is always so fun. They're also they're all great shows. Oh, I mean, they are. I mean, they're I've so been to great like, musicians. Like, like, geek out like five or six shows. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, widespread fish. I mean, the jam bands, man. Yeah, dude. And they get up there and they they don't do a whole lot of singing, but they do a hell of a lot of playing. Yeah, and I tell you, like. You know how tiring it is playing a long show, playing. But no, like you, you know, you play two, three-hour show with very few breaks, like those guys. You, you, that 
That's why they're ringing sweat when they get off. I mean, that's a workout, oh, buddy. Man. Your fingers are tired. Whatever Isn't you're playing, like you're, you're exhausted. And they're doing that five, six nights a week. It's like, yeah. that's, you say what you want about their style of music. It is original. There's really nobody else like them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they just, they put on a show, man. It's cool, they dude. They put on a show. It's high energy. Yeah. The whole way through. What, uh, I'm sure the drugs for everybody helps, too. I could only imagine, man. I mean, at this point, they have to have it down to a science, you know, of, like, how much of what is going to make this day. Probably, make, yeah. Is going to make this day next month, okay? I'll wake up in a in a little bit. Yeah. Dude. I play, I open up in college. This is kind of funny, but open up in college. I won't say for who. But um, guy out in Nashville, and he was an up-and-comer, and I'd heard his stuff, and so we got asked to open. I was like, this is cool. A great yeah. opportunity. So anyway, brings in like his road crew and all that. Best sound I've ever played through, you know, bar none. This is professionally done. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so we do our sound check. They do theirs. And I'm like, hey, you guys want to come hang out on the bus? And we're like, sure, you know, whatever. And I kind of knew what to expect. And, you know, besides drinking, I was straight laced through high school, or college, high school and college. And um, anyway, we get on the bus. And the guy's like, what time do we go? And he's asking everybody, bus, like, what time do we start? And everybody's looking watches like, oh, 9.30, whatever time he said. And he's like, all right, I got to time these drugs just right. <laughs> so, I mean, he had his, like, stages of his pregame prep. And what he ended up taking, I don't know, because we had to get off, you know, to go open up for a couple hours. But I was like, he's got his formula. And it apparently Good works because he man. played a killer show. He's their, uh, their lead guitarist, and he was killer. Oh. Killer yeah. all night. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I probably couldn't function at whatever space he's operating in, but. So interesting. It's um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> whatever gets you there, I guess, right? Dude, uh, Collins. Um, I'm excited to try. I don't know. I relied on Kelly with the uh, getting yeah that all hooked up. Yeah. So, and she's getting married like very soon. So I don't know when, but I'm excited to get that thing recorded. I've let a few very close friends and family listen to yeah. it. And uh, I told you, so that was one that when I was getting those set up with Caleb, I almost felt <laughs> it was the other three were, I had four songs of mine. That was one of the four. The other three I wrote by myself and I sent him all four. as like, just in case we have to make this game, game time yeah, decision. Yeah, yeah. So we already had four and that we were going to try to get through all four if we could, but it's like, these are the order of importance. And that song was like, boom, number Top one. Number yeah. one. And when I sent him to him, just the working audio, he hit me back and he's like, dude, I like this song. And so when I had to tell him, he's like, hey, we're dropping that song that you like. And he's like, he's like, I mean, the other ones are good. And I'm like, <laughs> you just basically told me it's better than the other ones. But I was like, hey, you know, I still had a hand in it. But I was like, it is a cool song. Cause I've never written a duet. And I was like, it's a good duet. Dude, I love it, man. I think it's a great I, song. I really think the right producer or whatever, just getting a work tape would be good. You know what, man? Whatever gets us that pub deal. There you go, okay. man. There you go. And, uh, yeah, I tell you, man, I was um, I was really kind of bummed out, too, because you and Kelly both were busy. That You know, I got to host that um, Writer's Round. At Commodore? Yeah, Commodore this yeah. past Friday. And it was, man, it was a good crowd, too. It's like when, what I've noticed, like when Vandy's in town. Who? Vanderbilt. Oh, Vanderbilt. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because, you know, it's right there. People are yep. staying there. There was a lot of people there for the game. 
and uh, That's they a really were really point. attentive crowd too, uh, which was really awesome. Um, but anyway, I was just like, man, if I could get Garrett and Kelly and around the oh, guys, yeah, like be cool. able to play that live would be a lot of fun. Well, hey man, whenever you get to host it again, let us know. I, I, yeah, I definitely wanted to do it with you. Yeah, we were up in Pennsylvania. Stupid um, Pennsylvania. Stupid Pennsylvania. Making money and shit. It's uh, where my grandfather's originally from, funny enough. It's Pennsylvania. Where, where at? The one that was a Baptist pastor. Oh, no. Uh, I couldn't tell you where. It's been so well, long. he spent more of his life in the South, but he's if, originally from there. Yeah, it's that's tough. Cause, well, it's tough to tell where he'd be from if he's a Baptist pastor. Because, you know, Pittsburgh's got a, a good church scene, like fucking... Uh, Philly, not so much, but like Lancaster or anywhere, honestly, just anywhere in between because so much farmland. I'm not sure where. Um, small towns and farmland. One of the funniest things I remember about him is that he turned me on to Lebanon bologna, which I Oh, met, yeah, dude. At a young age. Yeah. Like, to this day, I'm still like. Have you not had it in a while? It's been a long time since. You I've can't had it. get it. It's not down here. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Somehow, some way, he would have one of those big tubes of it. Just get it fucking yeah. sent, man. Sit I down s- and we take it into market and get them to slice it up. Man. man I freaking love that stuff. Dude, yeah, you got me thinking because we were just up there and I was just thinking, I was like, man, I wish, I don't know, there's so, there's so much good food there, like there is down here, yeah. but it's very Dutch and it's like, you don't get a lot of German cooking down here, yeah. but. It it's good stuff, and uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I I can't remember last time I had it. Like I would I would make a lot of trades for somebody that could smuggle some down here for me. It's so good. You dude, got any friends coming down? I man. do. We're going back up <laughs> mid October. So good. So if you want some, and guess where we're gonna be? Fucking Lebanon. Are you really? Yeah. yeah. Now I don't think that's where it's made. I think the guy that made it is his name was Lebanon Bologna. That, that might be like where my grandfather's roots were. It was kind of around the Lebanon. Lebanon. Area. It's right next to Hershey. Yeah, Hershey, PA. That, that's starting to ring a bell because I remember him yeah. saying stuff growing up about Hershey. Yeah. I think that's maybe where he was born and lived a good part of his life, and then moved to the south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. So if he down was in Louisiana, went from form. Lebanon Bologna to uh, Boudin. You ever had Boudin? No, dude. What? Oh, dude. I'll trade. You get me some uh, Lebanon bologna. I'll get you some boudin sausage. Boudin. Wait, it's basically is that I, spicy sausage. It's kind of it's got rice in it. It's basically what I tell people is it's like jambalaya in a casing. Oh, dude, that's pretty it's cool. So freaking good. Damn. My man. brother-in-law, you can't find that here. It's like yeah. you can't go farther than like Jackson, Mississippi, with like right there at I twenty. It's like there's a cutoff because it's it's a it's a Cajun thing. But down in Louisiana, you can get it everywhere hey you've been here longer than me is there and i don't know this uh elliot actually asked me today and i was like i don't know are paparazzi outlawed here i don't know i don't think so i think there's just something about country music artists that there's a level of respect that's it feels like. that's what i thought because I, mean, I saw something the other day it was Freaking Dolly Parton walking to some like oh I yeah some, yeah, some diner. mom and pops like breakfast shop yeah and people were just like eh, eating their breakfast like let me look it's like there's this like level of respect that maybe they just don't give you on the West Coast I have an idea what no no here we go is paparazzi illegal in Nashville uh. 
Oh, it is. Okay. Come on. Where are you at? Don't go to Facebook. Damn it. I think they know better, too. It I mean, basically some said. Some of these country boys pop you in the mouth. You get shove a camera. Said, <laughs> said it was an unwritten. Well, I read. Too many times. I read from a 2021 article that it was an un, that it's an unwritten rule. Okay. About no paparazzi. However, I think I think we have the same mindset. Like, there's a grind. There's a certain grind and a certain ability that you need to be humble and respectful, uh, not only to, like, not only from the new to the media to you, but to the to you to all your fans and stuff. So, you can have that picture. You're you seem uh, accessible. Like you seem like you could reach out and shake your hand and be like. Yeah. Your normal person, but the other people everywhere else, there's not too much of that. So it's like, it's like if I know you're willing to take a picture, it's not as fun or funny if I know you're not willing to take a picture and yeah. I can get money for your picture. Yeah. See, I I tell you of all the, um, you know, I've gotten to meet Jamie Johnson. So I've been here, uh, Bobby Pinson. I'm trying to think of a few others, but um, everybody I've met, Rex Ryan. Mm. freaking outside of Publix one day. You remember him? And anyway, it's just like every one of them, like I just walked right up to him and just like shook their hand and just told him, I was like, man, love your stuff. You know, big fan, yeah. da, 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 da. And they're all cool as they can be. I mean, it's like just bumping into a strand. I mean, it just, you know, but I, I'm not, I'm not the kind of guy, I'm not going to run around like trying to photo bomb and, and do all that. So like, I'm yeah. a respecter. Cause I'm like, I guess again, it's like if something were to ever happen up, Lord willing. And, you know, I'm one of those people's like, I don't want people shoving cameras in my face all day long. If I'm trying to have dinner with a girlfriend or a wife and kids and stuff like that. It's like, no, like just leave me be in peace. I'll take a picture yeah. with you if you want one, but just read the room, right? It's like, well, I'm in the middle oh, of my yeah, meal. Yeah. Like, read the room. I don't want to, I don't like being disturbed when I'm eating. It's like, yep. So, but yeah, it's, it's funny you mention that because I've never thought about that because I'm like, I mean, every day you, you go out, I mean, downtown, like, there's a good chance you're going to yeah. see somebody and recognize them at least. Uh, yeah. But, um, no, so I got to go, I got to circle back to this. I, I'd be remiss not to tell us. It's, I think some people remember him, but so we're playing um, <clears throat> Friday and I called Jimmy there and I was like, got a problem. I was like, my fourth didn't, it was like completely ghosting me. I hadn't heard. Jimmy is who? Jimmy does all the booking at, um, oh. at Commodore. So I just gave him a heads up when I walked in. I was like, I don't know where my fourth is. And I won't, I won't say his name. I don't want to embarrass him. But I was like, I just hope he's all right. But anyway, completely ghosted me. Don't know where he is. We got like five minutes. And I was like, if you got another person, you know, available, hey, fill the seat. We're good to do three if you want to fill four. So anyway, this old gentleman comes walking up. My ballparking is age. He's probably 70s, mid-70s, eight. I mean, potentially early 80s yeah um big big guy you know cowboy hat and uh i was like don't don't recognize him don't know who he is but I like your style so he gets in the anchor seat at the end so dash goes tyler go goes i go this guy starts off in his opening song he's like i was doing a movie with johnny cash and everybody's head just goes what <laughs> whips over looks at this guy Turns out his name's Mike Massey. He's a professional pool player, billiards player. And he did a lot of movie stuff. Like, did trick shots. And, like, he was on TV. Uh, my brother-in-law specifically remembered him. Uh, he said, man, I used to watch him on TV all the time doing these trick shots. 
But, man, you talk about a storyteller. His first song, by the end of the night, I mean, I was just like, he can have my slots. <laughs> I just want to hear this guy the yeah. rest of the night because he just tell the best story, like old country. I'm talking about, like, what you would have heard, like, out of the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Old country. And uh, just a song. Like, he's played one that was about the homeless guy in, like, his area. And it was like the most just entrapping song. Like you're into the story within a matter of 30 seconds. And I was like, man, you just don't, you just don't make country like that anymore. Like that guy. And so the, the high praises in the nights would get done. And, you know, we're all just, every time he plays, we're all just quiet <laughs> as a mouse. The room is quiet as a mouse. Because he kind of plays low in tone anyway. So you have to kind of listen intently. And luckily I'm sitting right next to him. And um, so anyway, at the end of the night, he, kind of gives us like a kudos at the end he's like you know i gotta tell y'all he's like you know my style of country music is uh is not as prevalent as you know the storytelling he's like but you know these guys are all great storytellers and really had a good time so anyway it was just like to be for him to give you kind of a hey enjoyed what you had to play was certainly kind of high praise coming from a guy's like dude like every story he told had to do with johnny cash in some way Uh, and i'm like Dude, like that is my hero. So I was like, that's just, I feel like I'm loosely connected to Johnny Cash because I know you. Yeah, so cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's like such a, ra- I'm just like, this is a random guy. Like you said, you never know. Yeah. You never know what, uh, thank, well, not thankfully the fourth guy didn't show, but I mean, the, it, the world it, works like that. It man. worked out the way it was supposed to, I exactly guess. Exactly right, know? dude. And uh, yeah, the whole night, and I was just like, I mean, the whole room, like said, he just, he, he definitely made that round. Uh, just very special, very kind of unique to have, you know, kind of the new stuff with where it came 70s, from. you know, it was just, it was really cool. So Collins. Enjoy uh, it. One last question for you. All right. What is living the dream to you? You know, man, when we did this last time and we didn't get it all down, I, I thought more about that. Um, you know, if I'm being honest, man, like I, I feel like I'm, I'm living the very early stage of that dream. I don't know what the rest of the story is going to look like, but being able to get up on stage and share my stories and my songs with people that in and of itself is kind of a dream come true. Now, the next phase of it, you kind of asked that question earlier is it's like, what's the next goal? It's like, you know, you're probably like me, like you have those places that are like the milestones, right? Like for me, the listening room would definitely be one. Like that's a milestone. Like, okay, like I'm, I'm on, a, on another step, you know, uh, just being invited to and get a chance to play that because you just, the talent in that room is, I mean, you got to bring it. You got to bring it. I've never heard anybody that just was not awesome. Um, so like that's like the next milestone. And of course it's like, Figuring out how to monetize this dream. You know, it's like, let this dream, you know, pay the bills. And if that's through a publishing deal, if that's through, like, the performing side, if it's, you know, I I think no matter what, I'll always just really have a love for these songwriter rounds. Like, that's my that's that's my idea of, like, a, a amazing night. Now, granted, I'm 40 years old, so my, my days of going out in my 20s and clubbing it and going to Jason Aldean's like it's fun on occasion but for me like I want to sit in a room and hear a story and um so you couldn't find that 
really in Memphis. There was like a couple of small little groups you could get into. And, you know, down in Mississippi, there's really nothing like that. So being up there with other like-minded people that are all into telling the story and um, singing originals, like that's just, I'm loving it. You know, like just how do I, how can I make money doing this and a career out of it? And just got to pay my dues, you know, that's the way I look at it. It's like, I'm, I'm a rookie and I got to go in and somebody got and told me, um, Brett Schrocki, a songwriter that I got to meet through a friend and it was been a really very kind to me. Um, I met him one day over at, um, Seagal where he uh, has a deal and he was just like, ask me questions, like just give me advice. And it was like the best thing that could have happened. Cause he really opened my eyes to like obstacles you know, think hurdles in the road that are ahead of me that I haven't seen yet and kind of like be prepared for this, be prepared for that, do this, don't do that. It's really helpful. But, um, you know, just seeing that there was a lot more opportunity and he's, he's, he's doing the same. I mean, he's a singer songwriter. He puts out his own stuff. He's got some killer music. And then he, he lets go of some of those and other people pick them up. And, um, so, you know, we'll see, we'll see what kind of where the journey takes me, but it's like, at least I'm on the, on the path that I've always wanted to take. So it's like, I'm not going to take it for granted. I've done the corporate bit, um, you know, been married, had the house, not, you know, nice house on the block and nice cars and all that. And I was grateful for it, but you know, this is filling more of a void than I think ever. So that in and of itself just kind of is the reward to me. It's like, I am kind of living it right now and got high hopes for what the future holds. So, so the dream to you <clears throat> is, uh, cause I think you said a few, did you, did you say living the dream to you is you're in it right now? Or you say you're in like you're in, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm, it's like this, the, the start, the storybook is just starting. It's like, we're in chapter one. Um, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm living the dream in the sense of this has been my dream, you know, um, you know, the, the end goal again is to kind of monetize it and be able to make a career in it. Um, and I'm not there yet, but I am living out my dream right now. And it's cool because I know, I don't know what to expect each and every day. And that's, there's a lot of excitement in that and knowing that. I mean, it, I'm not going to say it can it can change overnight. We kind of talked about that earlier. I mean, it can. Um, but it's best to prepare it as if it's not. Uh, it's, it's definitely, you can't anticipate that. You yeah. just have to put your nose down and go to work. And, you know, you do have to kind of treat it a job as a job at times. And, you know, I can I can see how some, some people are like, well, you know, I'm doing this because I don't want to have to work, you know work a job so well but this at the end of the day this is your job and it is a business so there's going to be things along the way that you're going to have to do that are just part of the process and uh, i think it just makes you it makes you appreciate it more so like i'm happy to you know have to cut my teeth like everybody else in this city and pay my dues and play the rounds and do all those things and you know nothing else i get to meet a lot of killer songwriters in in the process and write good music and have my you know my name on some some good songs so far that I'm proud of and some that yeah I mean you feel like there's this got good potential so like that's gonna be like another hurdle is like 
getting to the getting to pitch a song is going to be a lot of fun. Like I'm looking forward to that process. Yeah, I mean that's it's part of a, it's a humbling thing. I will say that. Yeah. That, uh, you know anybody chasing a dream, I'm sure can attest to that. But it's like just being willing to put in the time and the work. Uh, and if you love it, it doesn't really feel as much like work. True. As much, you know. It's, yeah, it, I mean, life's funny. You know, I just, I go back and forth really with Tony. Because um, I think whether he will admit it or not, he, Tony's a guitar player of ours. Um, I, th- I don't know if you met him. But you guys are playing somewhere this weekend, aren't you? Full band. Or Tyler is for sure. I think maybe Tyler. I'm not. Yeah. Okay. He'll be playing with Tyler. Um, now, Tony goes back and forth because, you know, uh, he doesn't. I told him this. I was like, look, man, we can. Like, what are your goals? Because he, I want him to be. Not, I don't want him to be my guitarist, right? Mm-hmm. I want, but I, I, I would, well, that's what I want him to be. And he's pretty much, he pretty much is, but I also understand moving down that, you know, I don't have a line of work for us. So mm-hmm. we got to work, whatever we got to work, yeah. you know, he's got to play with different guys. He's got to take sessions like Maddie's uh, working at old red as a sound guy. So like I knew our paths were going to be a little strange right now. Um, but the conversation we had down on the way to on the way from PA is like he doesn't know if he wants to live that the direct route where he can mm-hmm. this is he's not verbalizing this but I I know this because I went through it I'm sure you know what I'm going to say the easy step of like oh if I play Broadway this many times or if I if I'm a hired gun, I'm going to get this much money. Like it's predictable. I know how much I'm going to get and I can make a pretty good living, live a pretty good mm-hmm. life like that. Or if he wants to, you know, not that he's not on board with what I'm doing already, but being more of a part of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he goes through that because this is obviously not predictable at the moment. This is very, you have to believe in yourself and you have to have the balls to in my in my um what i want to say in my uh life right now this is my full-time job Mm -hmm. so like and and i've set myself up that way but i can only do that for myself right now Mm -hmm. where like if i I was like look if you get involved this is i know you like this shit if you get involved we can easily do this like with you and then it will just expand and he's you know he has this battle of of trying to be this not creative side person and actually make a living at off of what he likes to do. Mm-hmm. It's like almost a, he you married. No. Okay. No kids. Nothing. Girlfriend. Nothing. nothing. I mean, it's yes to each its own. Right. I mean, it is scary. Um, yeah. I mean, it is, it's a very, I'm sure you can kind of relate to it sometimes. Like it can be a very lonely place pursuing something like this. You doubt yourself a lot. You got to, you know, again, it kind of comes back to, I'd said it earlier about motivation versus discipline. You know, you've got to be disciplined to, to keep doing the things, you know, to keep taking the right steps and to just 
trusting in the process dude trust and and faith it's so, is it's so hard it's that pyramid man like it's the bot it's that basic level of just having the trust and faith that shit's supposed to work out how it's supposed to work yeah. out and you just gotta do what you can in the meantime because or you trust that like this next open door is what i'm supposed to walk through or yeah. or that fourth that fourth person i was supposed to play tonight not gonna show just gotta yeah. trust that shit you know yeah i tell you man um talking about just how scary it is i think it's 99 percent sure it's randy hauser's got a song out but one of the lines in it that when i first moved here and i was like i'm doing this like i'm gonna chase this thing and here's a guy i was like i love his music you know yeah. but <laughs> line in the song is uh something like uh, i moved to nashville to play the part and i took a broken guitar through the heart and i was like this i mean this city can can just eat you alive and um yeah i mean it, it can potentially crush a dream but you have to look past all the noise and like i love motivational speakers as you know the the, the people that have made it and they tell you and it's like I, you know it sounds cliche they all say the same things like don't get outworked you know da, da, da. and i'm like because that's the recipe it takes like it takes the discipline it takes the commitment and the jumping off that proverbial dude. cliff of i don't know if there's something soft down there but dude but i'm trusting this and that is what that's why they say only two percent of people ever make it you know, to it's that, be to that level, that. it's probably, it, I would like to think it's smaller than that because yeah. it's that big, you know, big risk comes big reward. And yeah. that's the hard thing. Cause we are in a society where it's, again, it's steady job, the house, the wife, the kids, the, the, you know, the security, the comfort zone. And, um, you have to push yourself way outside that. And when you're not around that, that I think is the comforting thing to me is I meet every day every, people like you every day, you know, when I'm doing going out and playing, yeah. they're, t they're stepping outside their comfort zone and they're going, they're throwing some caution to the wind in some degree to pursue this. And, um, and then you see somebody that, you know, has a song that makes it that you've been following for years. And like, all right, that's like, you, if you surround yourself by like, a, if you surround yourself with people like that, that's kind of some of the encouragement and like that drive to keep going. Cause you're I question myself every day. I'm like, am I, wa am I wasting my time every day? You know, am I, am I, is this going to pan out the way I hope it does? I mean, there's no guarantees in this, but the message that I would leave you with is I went to college. I got a degree that I knew I was going to be able to use. Got a good job with a big company with good benefits and all the stuff. I had the car, I, you know, the nice car, I had the wife. I went the, the quote unquote safe route, the normal way. And buddy, at 40 years over, at 40 years old, I'm starting over. So it's like, whatever you think is the safe route, the secure thing, there is no security in life. So buddy, Dude. if you don't live it while you're in it, it you're going to wake up at 70 years old and you're going to be full of regret. And I would rather wake up with, a lot of lessons learned than with a hell of a lot of regret. Fuck. So, yeah, dude. That's perfect. If I can tell you one thing from a 40-year-old man to, I'm sure somebody at least several years younger is, if it, if it makes you happy, if it's, if it's worth pursuing, if it's worth your time and energy, do it. You know, the difference, I guess, with 
you know, you have wife and kids and those kind of responsibilities. Like, I get why those people are more reserved in that. Totally to understand that. Yeah, yeah. But for me, it's like I have no excuse. I'm 40 years old. I make good enough money to to live the way I want to live and to do this on the side. Like, my excuses have runneth dry. So, I'm not gonna keep making them. Like, I'm gonna take advantage. This is an opportunity. As painful as it was to go through the way I got here, at the end of the day, this is the opportunity, and I'm not going to waste this. Dude, that's fucking perfect, and we're gonna we're gonna sign off at that. Okay, <laughs> hey, uh, Collins, I want to get together and write again with you. Yeah, man. I I really appreciate you taking the time to come back over uh, after we fucked up after I fucked up that last one. Almost you fucked don't up throw this me one. in that we. I, uh, <laughs> you're like, I was just sitting just in the chair here, man. thinking you knew what you were doing. You know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, that's life, man. No, <laughs> um, hey, we're all faking it till we make it, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd love to get together and write again, and uh, I appreciate you just coming on and yeah, and man, hanging no, out. enjoy hanging out. Um, yeah, Collins, Horton, everybody, uh, love you, bye, man.